0: Genesis 21 <coughs> we finished uh, the birth of Isaac and I think we started to talk about the weaning ceremony and the other stuff but I don't think it let's so let's start in Let's, well, let's read verse twenty-one. Well, let's read one through twenty-one. So, uh,
1: Butch. And the Lord visited Sarah as He said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as He had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time when God had spoken unto him, spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac being eight years old as God, days. Sorry. Eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was an hundred years old, and when Isaac was born when Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? for I have borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a feast, a great feast, in the same day that Isaac was weaned.
0: Okay. So, you remember we talked that the setting for this process is the weaning ceremony. And what's about to happen is the casting out of the bondwoman and her son comes... Spiritually, at your weaning ceremony, when you're drawn from the breast, and when you no longer, then that's when the bondwoman and her son are totally cast out. I mean, I can talk to you for the rest of my life about what it means to cast out the bondwoman and her son, but it won't have any meat, it won't have any lasting meaning until in the spirit. The weaning ceremony occurs now the weaning ceremony at this time in history was that they were they were weaned at the third year and it was a major celebration the beginning of the fourth year and so again it ties to the three year cycle and everything else and it but but it spiritually is is it's it's the time in which in the Greek, there's a word, there's, one of the problems with modern theology is that we don't know these little thingies. But there's two words that are used for son or offspring or child in the New Testament. One is technon, which means little babe, um, one that's still sucking. The other is huios, and that means a fully... Tested fully mature child or son or offspring and uh, there's then the intervening point is there's the adolescent the child the adolescent the young man and the father are the four stages in the New Testament the word son or offspring only has technon and julios to differentiate but technon is the one at which means before the weaning ceremony and that's why it says in in first john behold what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of god except the word sons there is techno which means and it's not uh, has nothing to do with male female it's offspring and it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when we see him we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is that's the process. The process of seeing is is what changes from technon to huios. It's
2: the it's process of which you you begin to it begins to appear what you shall be.
0: Right, and you because you see, <laughs> you can you until a weaning ceremony you don't really see, and in, in one sense you're sucking on my breast as a as a teacher, and so you're 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 still, and that's fine. You're desiring the sincere milk of the word. But at a point in time, you, you come to a point when you will eat the strong meat. Now, strong meat doesn't mean what, I've heard all kinds of teaching about it, and somebody says, well, strong meat means, you know, you talk about some of the hard things of God, or you talk about the cross, or this. That has nothing to do with strong meat. Strong meat is when it's independent revelation, when it's no more what Oli says where, when you know it because it's been tested and it's real in you. And it, and and don't, again, it's not something that you, the three years is not a fixture in time. Um, The only reason the disciples were able to go through it in three years is they had a really great teacher. <clears throat> but so i mean a lot of us get bent out of shape because you think you should be farther along and sometimes i say that to you which is probably but it's not a it's not a time thing the three years is a spiritual thing so the weaning ceremony is the only point in which you can truly cast out the bondwoman and her son well and that's what what i'm convinced after we've stu- we studied recently what the salt was in the, in the in the sacrifice in the sacrificial offerings in the in the meat offering and it said jesus said you are the salt of the earth but if the salt has lost its savor wherewith shall it be salted you were you know fit for nothing but the dunghill when what happens salt that isn't performing its function <clears throat> kills it, and it's thrown out in the ground, and it, it, it literally makes it impossible for the, a seed to germinate in that arena, that it kills the land. <clears throat> but what happens in salt that's in its, that's accomplishing its function is the salt is similar to the leaven in that salt penetrates every aspect of the sacrifice. And so, it's the salt that's lost its savor, is the salt that hasn't been given over, given out. And then it becomes fit for nothing. It doesn't matter how much revelation you have, if it's private, it means absolutely nothing. I mean, I'm sorry to say that revelation is a dime a dozen, just like ideas. I mean, they're meaningless. God did not give a holy shit about revelation. God cares about holiness. God cares about the salt penetrating every arena of your habitation, of your world. And, it, and that's the process. It's what, When you try to keep it, then the salt will lose its savor. Kapish.
3: I just went through a bunch of this in the last three weeks. Was, um, lots of situations there and lots of words to lots of people. And um, it was really exciting that I didn't and, and and this was the thought that came to me was that I didn't have to confer with flesh and blood. Right. I, I certainly didn't have to check with you to see if I was right. But more importantly I didn't have to check with myself to see if I was right. It yeah. just yeah. flowed out. one the other, words were there.
0: One other thing and this sounds maybe a little ludicrous of way of saying it but one of the things if the salt has its savor if it's accomplishing its function, its function, by definition, it has to abandon itself, so the salt can never take itself seriously. you understand? The salt just sort of melts away and it penetrates every part, every thing in the sacrifice. But if the moment the salt would take itself seriously well, then it would have lost its function, and it would have lost its savor. So the idea, I mean, I mean—so it's, it's like a little secret that God gives us. Every time we think it, we, we start taking ourselves seriously. It's like, uh-oh, the
3: salt's lost its yeah, savor. Salt, yeah, salt can't do what it does if it's separate. If it's crystallized and separate, it right. has to go in a solution. Yeah. So if it's
4: permeated every part of us. Instead of speaking the doctrine, it would be yeah. a statement,
0: right? But but even that, well, you gotta you gotta be careful with that because your mind will use it as license. Mm-hmm. It's like um, when when in, in Romans uh, it says Paul said, "I am determined to speak of nothing until it has been worked out in me by Christ Jesus." So I, I remember seven years ago or eight years ago teaching on that well there are people that are still using that for license like pete (laughs) or other people you're determined to speak of it not to speak of it until it's been worked out in you well that's not a determination of the will it's a it's a it's a it's a fact that you can't speak of it until it's been worked out in you because every time you try or it'll just be you know this sounds like you know i remember doug had this confrontation a few years ago and and uh with somebody and and this is some bright gal at college and uh she listened to him for about 15 minutes and -hmm. and she said to him will you stop stop repeating memorized phrases Mm -hmm.
1: sounds like you're reading it to him. yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: there's no life yeah
1: because it's just things it's just ideas
0: right and so the only way but 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 that's not a function of your will it's a function of your abandonment.
4: Yeah, I was babbling for it. I think I mentioned one night And a couple of weeks ago, uh, I wasn't even aware of it. I was just talking about Abraham. And, and George said, Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time I... It never made any sense. I I didn't even
0: know. Yeah, there's a major difference between babbling and bubbling.
4: (coughs) Maybe I
1: realized that.
4: (laughs) uh,
0: Yeah, between Moloch and Malek.
1: And it becomes more than doctrine. It becomes reality
0: to you. Yeah, truth. Truth. Knowledge isn't knowing truth. Knowledge is being truth. Right. And uh, faith isn't. Something you do, it's something you are.
1: Is that what the faith and works um, type right. thing? If you have you know these ideas, that's faith. But. Right,
0: but it's only it's only real. I mean, again, remember, never forget one thing: that without faith, it is impossible to please God. I mean, everything else, and and, and faith. But but the the irony of faith is you have to be willing to die not having seen the promise. But once you're willing to die not having seen the promise, and it doesn't matter in which arena, in, any, in anything that you are faithing, if you will, for, as Gene Scott says, if you're, if, you're, you have to believe willing to die not having seen it. But the moment that God knows that you're willing to die, not having seen it, then you will have that which you have desired. Mm-hmm. It's like this, that's what happened. When I had the, the, the revelatory experience in 1972, those were my words to God. I said, God, I'm tired of this, this, whatever, this, everything I could perceive and think about. I'm tired of it. I mean, if you're there, that I I want you and I don't care what it costs and I meant it I would have I would and I was willing to die I did die I mean I died to all self-interest I mean I didn't die to pettiness and all the other crap but (laughs) I died to the idea of an independent self I mean and, and effectively I've lost I mean I can't remember i i still think about you know what's the body going to do or or, or you know i pray for a forum and all those kind of things but it has nothing to do with me as an independent entity with regard to a career or objectives or or things or i mean it's that part i, I think it's impossible for me to think about um That arena of my life. There's a whole lot of other areas I still think about. But the idea of career or independent... Well, there's a word that I'm trying to say. I I, I literally have no identity except you. Now, I don't think I should have that even. I mean, I think that that's still a process. That the identity should be only the Father. And that's my own leaven and all that other stuff, but, but you understand that you, it's very important you understand about faith that you must, you must internalize, be willing to die, not having seen the promise. At the point that that's internalized in you, the paradox is you have the promise. But the, the bullshit that's being taught in the name of religion, that's faith. I mean, I, I've, I've listened, you know, I I listen to a lot of religion again when I, I always do that, and I always get bit out of shape. But I, I watch Jimmy Swaggan, I watch Pat Robertson, I watch Robert Tilton, and a bunch of other abject idiots. I mean, they know, they, they they're not even talking about the same God. They're talking about praying to the God of this world. It's not even the same, we're not even in the same arena. And, I, I, and that's what I was telling Harry. Uh, man, I, I, I. right now, I could, a week ago, if I would have been on the radio, I could have never, you know, I could have never said what I just said publicly. I've hinted at it to you. But now I can say, I could say it to anybody. You're not even, you're not even praying to the same God. And that which you're teaching is faith has nothing to do with Jehovah. Or Jesus Christ.
4: Yeah.
0: It has to do with the Antichrist. And his power is based on what he can do for you. You know, that's... Man. And and his, his effect, the net effect of that process is always bondage. And that bondage becomes more and more and more and more and, and, until they can't even... Their consciences are so seared they can't even hear truth because they continually seek and the self-seek in the name of God. And that's what it means that your con- your, 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 your conscience has been seared because you cannot hear truth anymore. And that's when they'll kill you and think they're doing God-holy service.
3: Yeah, for several weeks now, I've been thinking about a comment that Gary made one night about the difference in in way it, it was your style and his style. And for weeks now, I've been trying to find... Points where we would have agreement. I don't think there are any points where we have agreement. Who? Us and what's being.
0: Oh, there isn't any. There's, There's none.
3: Taught. I don't see any. I don't see any point of agreement.
0: No, I mean it's like it, it's it's it's. I mean the the, the, the separation is total. <clears throat> but but faith is something that's that's um, well. First of all, it's tied to the fear of God. There can't be any faith without the fear of God, and so it's exciting. I, uh, this whole, but it takes it takes big, it, take, it takes guts to teach this shit. I mean, it really does because it's like my God. Every you know somebody used to, somebody always used to say to me, when I had the talk show, they'd call up say, "What if you're wrong?"
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they said that to me. Good question. <laughs> no. In At least way. we can say, you taught us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can put it back to you.
3: <laughs>
0: But anyway, I'm not wrong. This is not negotiable.
3: Have you, have you been, in the last days, have you been talking about weaning and teaching about weaning and stuff? A little bit. Or is this the first time we've come
0: to? No, we talked about a little bit.
3: Because one of the things that keeps going through, I, think, and I, you know, I haven't heard this before, but one of the things that keeps going through my mind is, I doubt that there's ever been a child who, who pushed the breast away, and weaned himself.
0: That's right.
3: That the breast he has to be drawn from. The breast. Well,
0: we talked about H.L. Hunt, that you know he 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 was breastfed until he was eight. Uh, there were several other people that, in history that I've forgotten that we talked about a long time ago that were. One of them was breastfed until I was 17. Were, I mean, historical figures that became prominent figures. You know, but... Uh, no, seems, you're right. It seems it,
3: that the weaning is an automatic process also. But
0: it's done by the mother. Yeah, and
3: it's not fun, right?
0: You, now that, and, and when I found, you know, and I... have But it's
3: always done at the time appointed.
0: Right, it's set time.
2: You know, whenever you used to say, every man must bear his own burden, it struck fear in my heart. And then, but that's what it is, it's the weaning process. Amen. Yeah.
4: That's
2: good. I don't think, it, does, it no longer
1: scares me when you say it. You stop saying, oh, said this, oh, said that, mm-hmm. and you just say And, you, this, and
0: this, this plus the fact, you stop using my words.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Which is really a neat for me, when I hear somebody talk to somebody else, and they don't know I'm listening. And, and they're using words that come truly from their own experience rather than my own, my, than the words they've heard me say.
1: When we say your words, it sounds religious.
0: Right, you know. sure. Well, it's 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 the child.
2: You said so many words to me now. You know, it's all, it's all been said. It nothing <laughs> <laughs> You've used all this <laughs> yes.
1: I just
3: saw something that, that's happened to me since the last time I was here. I'm back here now, tonight, because I want me. Three weeks ago, I was here because I thought I had to be here. But in these three weeks, I found out I don't have to be here. I don't have to listen to what and
0: you this do. This BS.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, it's already resident in me. It's mm-hmm. not necessary. And if I'm going to be in Timbuktu, or I'm going to be in New Jersey, God forbid. I would, yeah, that's do, fine. You can be wherever you are. Yeah. I want to be here.
0: Let's read. Uh, uh, not go ahead and read nine. Through uh, twenty-one, uh, Genesis.
5: <coughs> and Sarah saw the son of Hagar, Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because of thy bondwoman. And all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation, because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away, and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba, and the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs, and she went and sat her down over against him a good way off, as it were bowshot. bow shot, for she said, Let me not see the death of the child, and she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept, and God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of the of God called and called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the water, filled the bottle with water, and gave the lad drink. God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness, and became an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran. And his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt.
2: My first question is: Is I thought that he uh, was that the Hagar's son was older than that at this time for them to be carried in her arms.
0: Well, he was. He was sixteen, but he was dying. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Yeah, he was six, he was about 16 years old. Um, There's some interesting stuff in this. In verse uh, 14, where it says, uh, "...and sent her away and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba." Wandered is a condition that's um, an unusual word to use here in that it means to reel or to vacillate, uh, almost as if drunken, but it's, the the word technically means to be out of the way, okay? Now, keep that in mind, and then, and, well, anyway, you, you see that he was about the, the, where they were wandering about, the, the wells were almost unknown. I mean, they didn't like, because the herdsmen that lived in those areas guarded them like crazy. If you've seen, if you've seen any of those movies like um, uh, Lawrence of Arabia or something, when when somebody was at one of their wells, they'd shoot them without any questions asked. Well, what they did is they hid the wells in various ways, so that because they didn't because it's the most precious thing. But she was cast away. And out of the way, and wandered to illustrate the singular point: how the seed must be separate, no matter how unjust it seems. And then we'll see it. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter. Six, yeah, Second Corinthians chapter chapter six. Now remember, Hagar was the was the daughter of Pharaoh. She was on her way back to Egypt but she wasn't this was you know she was didn't i mean she wasn't a, uh, a tribesman so she didn't know where all these wells were so she was just trying to get back to Egypt to find help that
5: seems so mean that he would just send her well, that's right himself. that's and, right
0: that's exactly if he had
5: all of these servants he could have you know sent a little army with them
0: but it's to again everything that happens in here shows you the ridiculousness of of our thinking of our thinking with regard to what compassion is, what niceness is. Abraham cast her out, her and her son only, with a small bottle of water. And we'll see what happened. First of all, we've got to see this lesson first, 2 Corinthians chapter (laughs) 6. Verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now that's the most impossible lesson there is to learn. He's not talking about monastic living, because that defeats the purpose of being in the world, but not of the world you come out in your mind, you totally divorce from the value systems and it's typified that when you do that, if you were, I mean, if if you were in this position, you would have to be that wanderer who is temporarily out of the way and, and, and he's calling you into the desert. You're trying to get back to Egypt but you get called into the desert, into Zion. Okay? Remember the desert is not physical anymore, because it's no longer, we're no longer battling flesh and blood or what we can see, it's it's internal. Okay, now let's see what happens. In verse 17, and God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her. What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad, where he is. Again, there's the definite article in front of the word angel, THE angel, and whenever that's there, it calls your attention to the exclusiveness, the singularity, and that angel was Christ. So, the moment he's in the desert, he's out of the way, he's helpless, you call out, Christ comes Christ is revealed even to the one that's cast out
3: even to the son of the
0: bondwoman. even to the son of the bondwoman. God is revealing that the promise will be made available when our eyes are opened that and that the eye the word well there in verse 8 19 and God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink First of all, the word well is ayin, which is the word for eye. Whenever you see the well in the Old Old Testament, it's it's the word for your eyes. The well was always there. It's 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 the fountain of living waters. And if the eye is opened, it's always there, no matter what the desert looks like, no matter what the problem is. God is revealing that the promise will be made available when our eyes are opened, even to Ishmael. And also that God will take care of those that we have, by necessity, divorced or cast off. As soon as they come to the point of desperation. It's not your business anymore. No righteous compassion is allowed in the body of Christ. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 11, You know, when I am done commanding you, his disciple, then I will go and teach and preach to your households and your cities. You're the one that prevents... By not casting him out. Right. By your alleged compassion and niceness, you are preventing the angel of God completing his work Mm
4: -hmm.
0: now that's the lesson where it says in in Luke about no man can come to me unless he hate his mother his father his sister his brother his wife his children yea his own life also because in that hating you are divorcing from all things that are natural and if you are if you divorce from that natural then you permit the angel of God himself, to go and take care of that one. But if you tie your strings to that person or persons, well, first, you're a fool. You try to be man-pleasing. Does everybody understand this clearly?
5: So, we're only to have compassion for the brethren.
0: No. No. You have compassion to those in need. That's the lesson of the... The the Good Samaritan. By definition, love thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus elevated the, the, the term neighbor. He didn't mean the guy that lives next door to you. It's whoever is you run across in your world who is in a state of need. Then you give everything to him or her. But if they're not in a state of need, you can't convince them, you can't talk to them because they won't have eyes to hear. And if you put yourself in the position of righteous compassion on those people, then you will be brought back as sure as shooting. You will be snared by Satan back into the world system.
3: Yeah. And deny their chance. And deny their chance. I was so I, I, I
4: really needed
3: So, then guilt is, I mean, there's another reason
0: that guilt is bullshit. Well, guilt is the trick. Guilt is the Antichrist.
4: Compassion, to me, somewhere I redefined it as leaving other people alone. Not letting them be what they need to be. Not putting my trip on them.
0: Well. But compassion means the word in the Greek, and it's a definitive word that describes Christ, it means to suffer with. But it only, I mean, it only has merit if the person is in need. That's why the Good Samaritan lesson is so important. But
5: isn't everybody in need?
0: But they don't know it. As long as they are in taking a stand, then all of your association, if they are in, you know, he came not to call the righteous, if they think they're right, they're, it's, there's no, you know, they're dismissed.
3: In the light of here and now, this really sounds stupid. But guilt tried to get me because I came back, because I didn't stay for my father's. And right now it seems really stupid, but at the time that it was trying to attack me, it didn't seem stupid. Well, I
0: told you that. Remember I told you I had the dream about it?
3: This is definitely an answer to that.
0: Okay, now, this is really important in your day-to-day living, and this is the lesson. This is Abraham. He cast out a woman who he obviously had a pretty neat relationship with, playing around the tent. He cast out Ishmael, who he loved, it says clearly, into the desert, no hope of being saved, with one bottle of water to walk from Hebron back to Egypt.
3: And you said Ishmael was dying. Yeah, that's, uh, that's probably something he studied while I wasn't here.
0: No, it's just it's from other other external he sources. Was, he was he was sad. dying of thirst.
3: Oh, after he got thrown out. Yeah. Oh. He must Abraham <clears throat> had to see a lot clearer
2: than, than we do.
4: Do that
3: bad tone. boy Abraham probably didn't see it all he just heard God tell him to do it and he just did it hmm.
0: yeah but he didn't hear God he didn't hear God any clearer than y- I hear God
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: or even any of you there's nothing new just did It was witnessed, it was confirmed. As soon as his wife said it, cast out the bondwoman and her son, then the scriptures say, God told him to pay attention to his wife. Cast out. God said unto her, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And he didn't hear it. The guy didn't... I mean, that wasn't like God speaking directly. I mean, it could have been, I suppose. But, it, I mean, I, in my experience, it's that you know it. Mm-hmm. It's knowing beyond knowing. No matter what the physical evidence is. You know, I, I mean, I can relate to this a thousand times because, you know, people are always telling me I'm a hard ass. It's because I've seen the revelation and nothing else can affect it. If you yet pleased men you should not be the servant of God never forget that God will take care of them but you have to cut the ties so that the only I mean the only thing is, Jesus, is the only thing is you, you and the father everybody understand clearly and he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt Dwelt there is that word that we studied earlier. If you remember, it's yashab in the Hebrew, which means to remain, to be secure. Everything about the human being, the 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 ad the, the Adamic nature, is the desire to do what we saw happening at, with Nimrod at the at the at the at the, at the um, Tower of Babel to build. To to gather together, in groups, to wall the city for protection, and to to build a tower, or to build some system of having God in that.
3: Yeah, already there's. I feel there's a sense in the room that all of us have come through enough of this stuff that we've, we've got a taste that it's a lot more exciting to not have permanence.
0: Well, sir, that's why Jerusalem, the New Jerusalem remember why in the world did god build have we, we'll see in a minute when we when god offers up abraham i mean isaac abraham offers up isaac that <coughs> <coughs> he did it at the at on the mountain on the top of the mountain at the threshing floor the new jerusalem is always the threshing floor it's the highest point where so there's nothing to no walls to keep the wind from blowing
3: it's like what we saw yesterday when we said you never have to rake leaves in Texas, right? because <laughs>
0: there's nothing, the wind just comes through and blows all the crap. Right, and so the the, the point of it is, is that when there is no protection, then God, the, the wind, the Holy Spirit, is in a continuum of blowing the chaff away. And what is the chaff to the wheat? It's the most exciting thing there is in the universe. But everything we about us, everything about human nature, tries to dwell to be secure. That's why a, in, in a marriage, in a, in a marriage after the flesh, normally, it's the wife that wants the white picket fence, the little house, the secure, and the husband is sort of wandering around and you know, but it, eventually the wife will domesticate the husband
3: and then get bored
0: with it. right. <laughs> but but see that's the that's a picture of the church. God's church is trying to domesticate him, and he won't permit it.
3: God doesn't want a white paper
0: No. God wants the new Jerusalem. God
3: doesn't, want, God doesn't want a mortgage.
0: Right. So everybody see this. So every so the first thing that Hagar did, she got the water and she got the stuff and she okay, now she's good. She found a well. It's gonna now she dwells there. Okay, well, let's, in Paran, it stretched southwest of the Dead Sea all the way to the Sinai. Well, you don't want to look maps. Right? Paran was right... Was, was from right here all the way down. This is all called the area of Paran. The wilderness of Paran. Okay? Now, through Ishmael, with his Egyptian wife, came all of the Arab peoples. Now, Whenever you see in the Bible, in the Psalms especially, talking about the tents of Kedar, K E D A R, that all is through Ishmael, but Kedar is the direct descendant of Muhammad. So it's all Islam. It's it's symbolic. God knew Islam was going to come into being because it's just the phony, you know. It's just. I mean, it's just. An, it's just like it's it's the Baptists of the old testament because, you know, they settle down, they, you know. So anyway. Okay? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. Okay. Read 22 through 34,
5: and it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Michael, the chief captain of his host, spake unto Abraham, saying, God is with thee in all that thou doest. Now therefore swear unto me by God, that thou wilt not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's son, but according to the kindness that I have done unto thee, thou shalt do unto me, and unto the land wherein thou hast sojourned. And Abraham said, I will swear. And Abraham reproved Abimelech because of a well of water, which Abimelech's servants had violently taken away. And Abimelech said, I wot not who have done this thing, neither didst thou tell me, neither yet heard I of it but today. And Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and both of them made a covenant. And Abraham set seven, three lands of the flock by themselves. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What mean these seven woody lands which thou hast set by themselves? And he said, For these seven woody lands shalt thou take of thy hand that they may be a witness unto me that I have digged this well. And when he call that place Beersheba because they swear both of them, they swear both of them, Then they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech rose up and Michael the chief captain of his host and they returned into the land of the Philistines. And Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned in the Philistines' land many days.
0: Okay. Now this is kind of interesting. You remember back in uh, chapter 20 when abraham's going to sell his wife again or remember the same thing happened to him in egypt you he weren't here well he did the same thing with abimelech he let abimelech believe that it was his sister and then abimelech gave him all kinds of goodies Be- and then god came but, but before abimelech got to sarah god did all kinds of bad stuff to abimelech and of the whole people of Abimelech. They uh, closed the wombs. Uh, they made all the men impotent. Uh, that would and they, what, what does it say? I forgot. There's a bunch of stuff.
3: That would get your attention.
0: <laughs> it's, well, in verse, t- chapter 20. And Abraham journeyed from thence t- toward the south country and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar and Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech king of Gerar sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken. For she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, She is my sister. And she, even she herself, said he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and in innocence of my hands I have done this. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart. For I will, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Now, the, the Talmud says the reason, the way, he, he couldn't get it up, is the reason, right. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. If thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. Therefore Abimelech rose early in the morning, and called all his servants, and told all these things in their ears, and the men were sore afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said, What hast thou done unto us? And what have I offended What have I offended thee, that thou bought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou, that thou hast done this thing? And Abraham said, Because I thought, Surely the fear of God is not in this place and they will slay me for my wife's sake. Yet indeed, she is my sister. She's the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And it came to... Well, etc. So anyway, then he gave him, God gave him... I mean, he gave him all kinds of good things. So now, God, Abraham's sort of settling in this kind of area, and, and, and uh, Abimelech wants to make a deal. So he brings Philcol, or whatever this guy's name, the captain of all his army with him. Abraham just got a little band of people. He's got a little small group of retainers. And they, them like them want anything more to do with this guy that, 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 so, so they tried to make a deal. He's trying to intimidate Abraham by bringing Phil Cole. Ficol is the way you say it. Now, wait a minute, there's something else in here. Oh yeah, in verse, yeah. In verse 17 of chapter 20, So Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. For the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. So not only couldn't Abimelech get it up, he closed the wombs of all of the whole of Abimelech, all his people. Well, so, so Abimelech's sort kind of interested in, in making a deal here. How
5: long did he do that?
0: Well, we don't know. It, it obviously was for quite some time. I mean, here it sounds like it just happened, but it was obviously for was quite some time. Was that in part
3: of the significance of Abraham giving him seven female well, lambs? Yeah, we're gonna, we'll get to that in a minute.
0: Now, in verse 23, Now therefore swear unto me by God that thou wilt not deal falsely with me, nor my son, the word swear is a fascinating word in the Hebrew language. Remember I told you that in Hebrew there's no numbers. In other words, you, you, there's no... Every letter has a number equivalent, but there's no numbering system. And so in Hebrew, numerology is is, is endemic to the beast. I mean, it has to be, because it, every number they write spells a word. Okay, to swear... In Hebrew means to seven oneself. Uh-huh. Now, the reason he gave seven lambs again. If we go through this, I don't like to spend a lot of time on on. But seven is always the symbolic completeness of the covenant of of the of the of the rest of the Sabbath of, you know, it's it's the seven it's. In, in Hebrew, it's, it's always, to swear, the, there's only one thing you can swear by, and that's the seven.
3: That things are set in equilibrium?
0: Yes. There's no, there's, no there's, no, there's no tension, there's no nothing, because it's completed. It's the perfect number. But it means, whenever you see it, to swear or to seven, we'll see to seven oneself or that, that happens a lot. But the seven means it's that, then, it, that means it's the complete mystery in time. That's why eight is so significant. The eighth day is the bride because it's the resurrected life. Now, we are not, we are no longer even, the body here, us, we are no longer even in the seven because we've completed the seven in time. Now, the eighth day is the, is the resurrection. So, our life is resurrected. We're out of time. So, I mean, I don't want to, we could spend, some night we'll do that. I'll, I'll, we'll give you a, We'll give you numerology, remedial numerology, because it's fascinating. Because each of the numbers in Hebrew is symbolic, but they also spell a word. So, but that's why numerology in languages like English, or are, are where they have the Arabic numeral system or the Roman numeral system, numerology is meaningless because they have the I mean, so they just then play games, like how many letters are- so they try to make Henry Kissinger the Antichrist or something, it's just- it's just stupidity. But you see, in ancient Hebrew, numerology had a meaning because the letters are the numbers spelled words. Okay? Now, Beersheba, in verse 31, Wherefore, he called the place Beersheba, because there they swear, both of them. We'll see all kinds of things as we go through Genesis happen at Beersheba. It means, remember, Sheba, or Shaba, means the oath, so it's well. Bear is the well, or beer in Hebrew. But Sheba, so it's well of the seven, or well of the completeness, or well of the oath. And, and there's all kinds of things that are going to take place in Beersheba.
5: Well, you know, earlier
0: it says Hagar of um, right. the wilderness of Beersheba. now they're acting like they're naming this place this new name. Is it? It's a different place. Oh. I mean, it's a, it, Beersheba down is, is not where the Paran thing is. This is a different place. This is back in the promise. Now, excuse me. You're, I'm not. No, you're, I'm I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Forgive me. Forgive me. It's not in the promise. It's just south of Canaan, just immediately south of it.
3: It's in the land of the Philistines. Right.
0: Now, you'll see again, I, I wish, I, part of the reason I want to hurry up on this is because we could, we could spend, like, we spent days studying the Philistines when they did this before, but... The, The Philistines are, are, the, f- came from Ham. Remember, there's only three people at, after the flood. It was nice. Ham, Sheth, uh, and... I mean, uh, yeah. Sh- Sheth and... Sh- Ham, <laughs> Shem, and Japheth. I can't. I was trying to say Shem and Japheth.
4: <laughs>
0: Ham, Shem, and Japheth. And the Philistines came from... where the son of Ham. The word Philistine... And we'll see it contrasted constantly with Israel throughout the Bible. And I just want you to remember one thing. Philistine means to roll in the dust or to wallow in self. Because you're rolling in dust if you're wallowing in self. Okay? Now, now, okay, well, let's go to a biggie now. Verse 33, and Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba, and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned in the Philistines' land many days. Why did he plant a grove?
2: He wanted
0: to He planted a grove so that he could survive.
2: So he did want to plant right? fruit, Or was it for shade?
0: Well, in principle, in spirit, just as I've told you so often, you couldn't have existed up till now without the groves in your subconscious because they are what made you or gave you the ability to survive to this point. So here we'll see that all these places where altars were built and groves were constructed in Gerar and Beersheba and Shechem and Hebron, all of these places inside the promise and here the first one outside the promise had to be. Until the temple is fully dedicated.
3: So this is a this is a place in the wilderness where there's water, and he thinks he needs something above and beyond the water. So he plants these trees around the, the source of the water, so that he can stay there.
0: So he can survive.
3: And there he worships Jehovah. <sighs> <coughs> He's coming close to that word "dwell" then at that point, right? right? Except it uses the word "sojourn." And is that significant? Where in thirty-four, rather than Abraham dwelled in the Philistines' land many days, it says sojourn. Right. He wasn't there.
0: He wasn't there forever. For okay. Now, the word "plant." or planted is nata in the hebrew and it means to strike in or to fix securely so when you plant something that's what you do i mean you can plant you could use that word for not just planting something like but if you're going to fix a, if you're going to set up a fence you would not nata the the fence post you'd fix it in securely so the idea is is that at this point in the process the grove, in his mind, was fixed securely. Now, I guess it's all going to get torn down later. But. Now, I think, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is the first time that this is the name that that, and, that um, it says, Abraham, and called there on the name of the Lord, the Everlasting God. I think this is the first time that this title of Jehovah is used. Remember, there are sixteen titles. Did we haven't we haven't said that yet, have we? In this book. It, well, this it'll come point. up in a minute. And the, but there are sixteen titles of Jehovah. One of them is Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nasi, Jehovah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Rofika. And one of them is Jehovah El Olam. Oh. Huh? El Olam. Well, the word. Olam is the word that's translated forever, everlasting, um, hereafter, you know, all those kinds of in the future words that in our, our language. It sounds like in the future. In Hebrew, it doesn't mean in the future. In Hebrew, it means time out of mind or the vanishing point. Now, there are only 11 things in the scripture that are ever have the name Olam attached to them. That, 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 in other words, that exist at the vanishing point. Not in the future, but time now at the vanishing point. That's why I've said, I oh, know I don't want to get into this again, but all men die at the same instant, because they all go from time to Olam, or time to no time doesn't matter where in the equation you are, you will leave it at that time, one single year time, at the cross, in fact. But here's the things that are out of the, the 11 LOM things. Father, the strength, burning, joy, God, salvation, kindness, the sign, the name, the light, and the covenant. Those are the only El Olam things.
2: I don't understand.
0: It means those are the things that aren't dependent on, on time. Those are the things that are, huh? Say them again. Well, it's the Father, strength, burnings, joy, God, salvation, kindness, the sign, which is a I'll leave that one over here for a minute. Name, the name, the light, and the covenant.
2: Does that include the son? Hmm. Does
3: that include the sun?
0: <clears throat> that's what the name Can't is. Think? the covenant is the bride. So
3: those those are those are descriptions of of the state of, of being. At the vanishing point. The right. state of being at the vanishing point. Right. So that all men at the vanishing point, regardless of where in linear time, that's the state.
0: Except the thing that the the the, the one thing at the vanishing point is burnings, the fire. There's only one thing that will pass through that fire. And that's that which proceeded from God is the only thing that can return to God. So that's why the salvation of the human race, I mean, the human race wasn't, didn't proceed from God. It was formed out of the dust. It was only the seed that was from God. Therefore, it's the only thing that can return to God. We're just the vessel to carry that seed around until the test is finished. Okay, Micah. Jan is cheating.
3: I can't
2: find it. Right. Right
0: after. Yeah, right. Daniel, Hosea, Amos. It's
3: Little Yeah, it's not in Jan's Bible. It's not pink. Everything.
0: Okay, this is the reading that went with what we just read. Micah Micah 6, 1 through 8. Hear ye now what the Lord saith, Arise, contend thou, What? Oh. Hear ye, contend thou, before thy mountain, or the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. Okay, God's asking you to argue with him. That's what he's doing right there.
2: That's like like asking you and I to trade blows the other night.
0: (laughs) Hear ye, O mountains, the Lord's controversy. What's a controversy mean? The Lord's complaint. And ye strong foundations of the earth. For the Lord hath a controversy with his people. And he will plead, doesn't mean plead, he will argue with Israel. O my people, what have I done unto thee? And wherein have I wearied thee? Come on, you mothers, testify against me. That's what he's saying. For I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. I've taken you out of that miserable, no-good world. and redeem thee out of the house of servants. you no more under cause and effect. You're free beyond freedom. And I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, and all the prophets, and Jesus. O my people, remember now what Balak, king of Moab, consulted, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him from Shittim unto Gilgal, that you may know the righteousness of the Lord. Does anybody know what that was?
3: That's one where he wouldn't curse.
0: Right. It's when Balak was a Moabite, I mean, uh, anyways, not in Israel. He was a a king of another, of of a people. And Balaam was his prophet. And he saw what... God was doing with Israel, and He was coming through His people in the Book of Numbers. And 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 He called His prophet and said, "Go find out what's going on with those people." And Balak, came, I mean, Balaam came back and said, "You know, don't touch them, don't mess with them." And Balak said to Balaam, "No, I want you to curse them. I want you to." And Balaam refused. And the 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 idea here is is that Better start understanding the fear of God. Don't, don't take this stuff lightly. Look what happened in what we just read. Don't, don't think it's something that can be dismissed and you can play with. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come with shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath showed me, showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Actually, what it says is, humble thyself to walk with thy God. Do justice, love mercy, humble thyself to walk with thy God.
3: I'm having trouble seeing that with what we just read in Genesis.
0: Well, first of all, it's probably partly my fault, because in picking out from the Talmud the writings, the prophets that go with, this could be with the next two verses of Genesis 21, 22, which is offering up Isaac. But it's, it's, it's not that crystalline. But listen to me, and this is important. The law has 613 commandments. Right? That's funneled down. It's the same law. That's funneled down to two tables of law. The first table of the law was Your response to the father, i.e., thou shalt have no other gods before me, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images, etc. The second table was your response to your fellow man. You know, don't covet and don't murder and don't do this. Okay. So we got 613, came down to 10. Now it comes down to 3. Love justice, do mercy, walk humbly, or humble thyself to walk before thy God. Then it comes down to 1. Love thy neighbor as thyself. For all the laws fulfilled. Well, it's 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 love the Lord God with all thy heart, thy soul, and mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Do you see it? Yeah. That's why all of this is funneled. What's why all of the but, but it's like the funnel of the way. I mean, it's it's being pushed into that narrow. It's like if, if if you had a funnel that was 613 inches at the top, and one hundred billionth of a millimeter at the bottom, and it went from from 613 to 10 to three to one, and that's
3: neat. And then back out into and
0: then into the large place where there's total freedom, okay? Okay, 1st Samuel 2, we were supposed to read two. This is the birth of. There's, oh, I don't want to go into all this. I'll just I'll just read it. This is Samuel. Was a uh, is a biggie in, in Hebrew. I mean, we don't hear much about about him in in Christendom. But this the birth of Samuel is is compared with the birth of Isaac because also Samuel's mother was barren et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, so, but it's, I mean, well, never forget, whenever Isaac is mentioned, it's the child of the promise. Okay. Read, uh, we want to read 21 to 36. Well, read 19 to 36. No, well, wait a minute. 1 Samuel 2, 21, yeah, 21 to 36. <coughs> you understand? I mean, we're covering, we're, 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 there's all kinds of stuff here where, that you should know about before we read this. Like, Hannah was, was, uh, was, was, could, didn't, couldn't have a child. Her womb was shut up. Um, she was, you know, and she, she, she then, well, go ahead and read it,
3: and we'll talk about it. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters, and the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Now Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel, and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil doings, dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. And a child Samuel grew on, and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. And there came a man of God unto Eli, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon mine altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the cheapest of all the offerings of Israel my people. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed, that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. <clears throat> but now the Lord saith, Be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thine house." and thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation in all the wealth which god shall give israel and there shall not be an old man in thine house forever and the man of thine whom i shall not cut off from mine altar shall be to consume thine eyes and to grieve thine heart and all the increase of thine house shall die in the flower of their age and this shall be a sign unto thee that shall come upon thy two sons on Hophni, and Phineas; in one day they shall die, both of them. And I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in mine heart and in my, in my mind. And I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. And it shall come to pass that every one that is left in thine house shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread, and shall say, Put me, I pray thee, into one of the priest's offices that I may eat a piece of bread.
0: Okay, Amen. now what all this is talking about. (coughs) Let's go back over in verse... (coughs) in verse 1. Well, anyway... (coughs) Verse 9, chapter 1, verse 9, So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. And now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. For she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of thy handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall be no razor come upon his head. And it should come to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial. For, the, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. And then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was set sad no more. Okay, now Samuel was born. Samuel, as Isaac was, is a type of Christ. And so as we look at Isaac, we'll see Christ stuff. As we look at Samuel, we see we'll see a, a different dimension of Christ. There were only three men in all of the Bible who were ever Nazarites. Now, a Nazarite is a thing in the law which said they shall a razor shall never cut upon their head, they shall never eat meat, they shall never drink wine, uh, they shall never comb their hair. They shall I mean all kinds of stuff, really weird. The three that were Nazarites from birth, there have only been three, were Samuel. Samson and John the Baptist Those are the only three in the history of Judaism and 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 we see why when we'll get in. I mean I'm not gonna we I don't want to study Nazareth tonight but I want you just to be familiar with it but in each one of them they're a type of Christ and we'll see what that means as we go on into the three-year cycle okay now chapter 2 of, of Samuel 1 through 11 is this what's called the song of Hannah and when it and when it's sung in Hebrew, it's really wonderful. I had the occasion of hearing it, but it's uh, it's, it's, it's 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 an adoration of the of, of, it's an adoration of Christ. If you read it, well, why don't you read it while I am um uh, finding the next book?
3: And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside me, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly, let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are girded Stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased. So that the barren hath born seven, and she that hath many children has waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill, to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he hath set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them the lord shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed that's, that's not
0: you understand every time you hear the word anointed in the hebrew it just means to be christed that's what anoint means it's 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 hamashiach and it means that's that's christ's name hamashiach anointed so every time they poured oil or anointed a priest they Christed him they put on the Lord Jesus Christ and that's why and that's why the priests when they were anointed they were Christed that was they were forbidden by law to ever work for a living they could never once you'd been Christed you could never again expend effort To get results, you could only expend effort to meet need. And that's why we are called to be priests.
3: And once they were anointed, everything they did was high priest stuff. Everything they did
0: was priest stuff. Nothing was ever not priest stuff. But it was the, the pouring out of the oil upon their head was the symbolism of our minds being Christed, our minds being renewed. You see that? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to start. That we're we're now we we finished Tammuz. We're now in Ab. Let me let me see. Let me let me okay. Let me figure something out. If we, yeah, we'll be able to. We'll get, yeah, let's quit here, because we'll, we'll study the, 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 uh, the uh, offering up Isaac, and then uh, the death of Sarah, and then we get how God gets Isaac a wife, or how God gets Rebecca a husband, so, which is a fascinating story. But we'll get to that before I go to Arizona. Huh?
3: I said I
2: like that story.
0: Okay. Anybody have any questions or comments? <clears throat> I'm glad we got a new book.
4: Isn't
0: that neat, stuff? And we haven't even scratched the surface. That's why they had to go through the three-year cycle so many times.
3: It's encouraging to me that, that Christ was 30 years old when he's back to Because when, when would they say, how old would you be? You'd, you'd start the cycle at 10?
0: 13. Yeah. 12, well, actually 12.
3: At the end of the first time, you would be bar but
0: No. I don't know. I don't know. It it'll probably make sense.
3: So you'd probably start at 10. So 10, 20. He went through it like seven times. At the end of the seventh time, he was baptized. Six or seven. Well, probably seven. Thank you.
0: But you've got to see that that's why this is a comfort to us, because, I mean, Christ, you've you got to remember that Christ was in the same position you are. As he searched the scriptures and studied, there was a slow, continual, expanding awareness of who his true identity was. I mean, it's the same phenomenon.
3: So, he tying this into what you were talking about Sunday night then as a child he tasted something
0: that oh yeah and it's just but but see I want you to get a, get a hold on it that, that the process is inexorable because he completed the way it's impossible he cannot deny himself you just rest in it I mean you don't rest, you get out of the rest of it once in a while, but you know because you're dumbs but And it's repeated in every one of these stories. I mean, that's all we see in here is Christ.
4: It, yeah. The doctrine is just repeated over and over. Right. And it was different than
0: else. Right. Okay. Let's quit. Take it, big guy.